It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hugh Freeze is the type of head coach that Auburn has not had in a long time. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I am not your host, Zach Blackerby. Zach is back tomorrow. He is out on paternity leave right now. Congratulations to the Blackerby family on the birth of their second child. I am Lindsey Crosby, Auburn baseball writer for AuburnDaily.com, also host of Locked On Movie Prospects, joined by message board legend Charlie Five for a as regularly scheduled Charlie Tuesday. Uh, and the reason I wanted you here is because we had a practice. And whenever we have a practice open to the media, we have great notes. We have great observations. And you, you pointed me to a quote that I think perfectly kind of encapsulates what Hugh Freeze is about at Auburn and why yes. he is so different from the last couple coaches that we've had and how we haven't had somebody in, I would say, at least a decade that has been this focused on accumulating as much talent as possible. And he's delegating the coaching to his assistant so that he can focus focus on recruiting. Can you read us that? Tell us who the quote was from and read us that quote, please. Yeah, absolutely. So if we were to actually, if we were having our draft today, like guys, the, the, the visitor list over the weekend was awesome. Monday may have been even better. This, this, which today's Tuesday, yesterday's li- visitor list may have been even better. My draft, I may have had two different draft picks. Uh, and one of them would have been Sterling Dixon uh, from Mobile. Uh, he's a big time pass rusher, defensive end type player. And this committed quote, to Alabama. Uh, yes. He's committed to Alabama. He loves Auburn though. Like I really think if, if Hugh Freeze was here, before like prior and we may still flip him uh if you freeze was here prior he'd be committed to auburn so uh watch watch this name uh watch this recruitment because hugh wants him and let me tell you how you know hugh wants him because uh you hear things like this from sterling dixon okay talking about um how hugh freeze is making him feel like a priority this is his quote from auburnlive.com man he's talking to me every other day pretty much every day he talks to me more than any other head coach. I love him, number one. It's a big deal. Not, not a lot of head coaches really try to contact or stay in touch with – I butchered that. Not a lot of head coaches tr- really try to contact or stay in touch and see what you have going on. I love him, number two. Said I love him twice in, the, in that quote. Just constant staying on top of, of guys. And that's, that's what you're starting to hear, a theme uh, of, of players that say – it, this dude won't leave me alone. Like he calls me every, we talk every day. Uh, our relationship's awesome. Uh, so refreshing. Sterling Dixon, watch him. Big time, big time player. Yeah. He has said he's going to come back for the A day game. Yep. And yes. then he's going to take an official visit some point in time in the fall. This is a player reminder. He is a commit to Alabama. LSU has a lot of interest. So this is one of those recruiting battles that is. You are with the big boys. You yes. are with all of the top teams. 
in blue chip ratio that compete for the SEC West, compete for the SEC, and compete in the college football playoff. And Auburn is right there in it with them. And at practice today, multiple people have talked about this. There's a piece out from um, from our boss, Zach Blackerby, out there on Auburn Daily, talking about Hugh Freeze was at practice. Hugh Freeze was not Coach Hugh, Hugh Freeze at practice. He was recruiting coordinator Love Hugh Freeze. It. He was out. He was over on the sidelines talking to the players who were visiting. He wasn't coaching practice. He was letting Ron Roberts coach the defense. He was letting Philip Montgomery coach the offense. He was talking to players. And that is something that you have not seen from Auburn. That that single-minded intensity on recruiting is not a thing that you've seen. The last guy didn't even want to do it. No, Hugh Freeze doesn't want to do anything but recruit. It's instead of being all about the ball, it's all about the Jims and Joes, not exactly. the X's and O's. Another and, stud, another stud that was in here was in here was Demarcus Riddick. We've been talking mm-hmm. about this kid, uh, committed to Georgia. He's from Clanton, Alabama, which is like what an hour and a half away from Auburn. If you ever seen yeah. the Big Peach on the on the interstate, he's he's from right there. It's about uh, two, big, but yeah, Go ahead. big time, big time player, big time player. He's here. He's here. This is his second trip since uh, this second trip already, and he's coming back for a day. Like, I mean, you got to be you got to be sweating if if you're Georgia. If you're Georgia, you got to be sweating a little bit. Mm-hmm. This kid's gonna be taking three trips to Auburn. Uh, probably the first three trips he's had to Auburn uh, since maybe his whole recruitment kicked off. Uh, all within about a month, month and a half. So, I mean, the list, the list of dudes that that are coming. It's like Big Cat Weekend, but like. A constant flow, but but like every day, like a constant flow of them. It's, it's amazing. It is those two per- would have been in my draft, by the way. It those is a perpetual been- big cat weekend, just about every single weekend on the planes under Hugh Freeze. And he did speak to the media. Uh, we did learn some things. He he talked about some of the leaders on the team. He talked about some injuries. We do have a couple guys who are going to miss some time. Wide receiver Malcolm Johnson Jr. has a collarbone injury. He'll be out for the rest mm. of the spring. Uh, offensive lineman Tate Johnson is. I, I think it was an elbow injury, so he's going to yeah. be out. Uh, he's going to miss the rest of the spring. But somebody who Hugh Freeze was very, very impressed with, just he talked about the leaders so far in spring camp, and he gave a list. And the first player that he mentioned was Tate Johnson. And he said, when we got here, this is not a direct quote, it's a paraphrase, but when we got here, we made every single position available for competition. Tate Johnson respo- responded. He won a, He won our attention. He won our respect. He moved from center to guard when Avery Jones committed so that he could still be on the field, and he's done everything they've asked him to do. So it's something where Tate Johnson is a leader. Jason Jones has been cited as a very vocal leader in the, in the locker room, a leader in the weight room, and is still expected to be a starter. We've got some defensive notes coming up. I uh, talked about Elijah McAllister and then talked about the entire tight end room. And I thought <laughs> this was really interesting. Yeah, it's something like, you know, you bring in Rivaldo Fairweather. There's He's like a 10 guy. Of them. Yeah, there's a ton of guys in there. It's <laughs> Fairweather, Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, Michael Riley Ducker, Brandon, Brandon Frazier. Frazier, I yeah. think still exists. Like tons of guys. It was great in Cena, man. Yeah. <laughs> he said, <laughs> I think they're a strong group for us, not only as players, but as culture guys. And I think yes. that that's big. It's it's something where I I am willing to bet that when the team votes on captains, from the what I've heard from Hugh Freeze, one of these tight ends becomes a captain. 
It's just that's just kind of what it feels like the way that he talks about that room as a whole. Also had good things to say about Elijah McAllister, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, well, I mean, everybody has good things to say about that kid. He's just an impressive dude. He's just mm-hmm. an impressive guy. Uh, and I think one thing that uh, I think that one thing Brian Harson wanted to do was was work on culture. Who and just failed miserably. So, but Hugh went out and got guys like an Elijah McAllister, who's a guy that's the stats don't really pop off uh, off the chart, but he's a good player. But he more importantly, he's just a solid dude who's going to come to work every day and be an example. And it's mm-hmm. and we we talked about that. Zach and I talked about it. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. That's that that adding those type of you saw it. I, I mean, I think you saw it with the basketball team a little bit this year. Where there was there's a bunch of dudes, but no real guy, no real voice that that could that could bring everybody together when when things start going, you know, going south. I think Elijah McAllister can be, and I think he will be one of those type of guys with his football team, especially for that defense, along with several others. But uh, loving that addition, I love that addition. Every 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 uh, article that I read that comes out about him, I love that addition even more and more and more. And we're going to have uh, quite a few notes about the defense, what they look like, uh, who's been playing, as well as talking about the offense and some things that maybe aren't great. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is heating up. Auburn fans obviously don't have to be reminded that that's going on right now. But this is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers, which is probably all of us because now we don't have a rooting interest anymore. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on all kinds of stuff. Go find a random matchup and just, you can look at all the core markets, all the basic stuff, your spread, your money line, your total. You can start putting individual player props, rebounds, assists, points, and then you can do all of the exclusive stuff. We talked about the two-by-three yesterday. Will there be two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes if you don't have time to sit and watch an entire tournament game that's fine pick a pick a two by three give it five minutes turn it off you're done you're good you can combine all of these bets for a chance to bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduelcom slash locked on that's fanduelcom slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So unfortunately, not every single thing that we heard from practice was a great and positive note. And a lot of some of those issues came up involving the offense. So there were some quotes out there about uh the two, the, the, the two rooms that have the longest way to go, uh, and those were the quarterback room and the wide receiver room. And yeah. I, 
I want to talk about this quarterback situation because obviously everybody's kind of watching very closely who gets a lot of the reps. Uh, Robbie Ashford kind of gets uh, some of the, you know, some of the number one reps for the most part, rotating them with TJ Finley, Holden Garner's definitely behind them. How much can you really learn in spring when you're not live with your quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, like Hugh Free says, it's it's hard to learn anything. It's hard to learn. I don't even know. He's. I think that's what he said. He said, "I don't know. I don't know what you can learn uh, when you got a guy like Robbie who excels when uh, you know the plays uh, play breaks down, but he's not live." So, um, I, I feel like we're just. I, it's pretty clear. I feel like we're bringing in another quarter. Like you, you just got to feel like we're bringing in a quarterback in the spring, and it's kind of a weird feeling because it's like we don't want to say it, but uh, we know that we have to because mm-hmm. what we have right now is just not like competitive in the SEC. It's not going to be a. It's not a competitive quarterback room uh, in the SEC, and I think Hughes saying it like as nice as he can possibly say it. Uh, you know, I, w- I was hoping they would be a little bit further along. You know, we got to coach better. They really want to do it. They're 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 trying really hard. I'm just not quite sure that that you know that's who you know that's who we need. So, um, I don't know, man. It's 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 discouraging, but uh, I I don't know. I tr- I trust you to 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 figure out something that'll that that will work. It's just hard in the spring when it's two hand touch to really get a good good idea of what you have. Um, but you'd at least expect. You know, at least let's complete. Let's at least look good against air. You know, and yeah. then we'll, we'll just kind of build from there. Yeah, and and hearing some of the quotes from Hugh Freeze, another way with which I've been very impressed how he's a different coach than a lot of the coaches we've had in the past is one being willing to admit I don't know, like how much you know, how much can you really learn about these guys against air? I don't know. Like I just admitting that he doesn't know something. It feels like that's a thing that football coaches aren't allowed to do, and he's just. Flat out says, I don't know. But the other thing that I picked up on, and maybe this is because I sat through too many press conferences post-game from the last guy when it was execution, execution, execution. But he keeps, every time he talks about a, a position group and he has something to say that is getting the message of they're not doing as well as we want them to do, he always singles out the coaches. He's like, I think we've got to coach it better. And he mm. makes a point to say, we have to fix this. And yeah. he talks about not only the players and with the quarterbacks, the quote here, courtesy of Auburn Live, it's certainly not from a lack of want to. And I'm not even sure it's a lack of can do. We just, I think we've got to coach it better. Hopefully we'll see a turn towards a better understanding of what we're trying to do. And so he's very willing to say, there's a deficiency here. It's not good enough. We have to do a better job of communicating our message because they're doing the best they can. But like you said, it really does feel like direct things are pointing towards you're going to have to bring a guy in after spring. And then if you do that or two, and if you do that, you can't get somebody from another SEC school and have them play in the fall. So everybody's been, I've seen people talking about like a Brock Van Gorder or something like that from Georgia. If you get anybody from the SEC, in the May portal, they cannot play in the fall. That is a conference rule. They had a chance to vote and change that, and they did not change it. Without so some kind of waiver, in, you're, that's just exactly. not, in, not in play. Not, not going to happen. So if you bring in a guy with the intention of him playing in the fall, it's going to have to be from a different conference. And Correct. Uh, 
Obviously, no idea who that's going to be. Way too early to kind of even know who's who's going to be in the portal, things like that. You can't talk to guys right now. We're not going to talk about that. But I did want to ask, the other part of that that he singled out was the wide receiver room. And yeah. that's something where we're all excited about Cam Brown, right? We all, like, there's a lot of guys in that room. What are we missing with the wide receivers? Like, is there, is it just a talent level? Is it a fit in the offense? What are we not getting out of these receivers that makes him worry that's one of the two rooms with the farthest way to go? Well, it's if you really, really think about it, the only positives that you hear from that room is our Camden Brown. Like It's about Camden Brown. That's it. So, like, it seems like there is a huge drop-off after Camden Brown. Brown. Maybe there's a bunch of dudes that are about the same, but there's there's just a giant – like, you have a superstar in Camden Brown, and then there's just a bunch of guys that, that could possibly be better. Uh, in, I, I hate Malcolm Johnson. Uh, I, hate, I hate that he's out because I think he's one of those guys that can get – get better but you just have a bunch of uh, just a bunch of dudes Mardner like what is he what you know he's still you know get getting his feet wet here getting uh, getting to know the system um you know I, I just think there's a huge drop off I think there's just mm-hmm. the drop off there, there's Camden Brown who's elite he could start at any SEC school and then there's just a drop off after that there's, you got a bunch of slot guys uh and then um you know that can be good and then uh You're- you just don't have a lot of number one receivers on this team. You're dancing around the point that I kind of want to get to, and it's how much of this is just you don't see that physical shape or or, or profile that he that Hugh Freeze likes in his wide receivers. Think to, think about some of the guys he had at Ole Miss. Think about mm. what he's typically done as far as an outside receiver. Cam Brown, 6'3", 200. He fits that physical mold of the taller, bigger receiver. Obviously, Nick Mardner is 6'6". Man's a power forward out here playing basketball, uh, playing football. Landon King is somebody we talked about a lot, 6'5", 210. He's working with the tight ends and in the and the wide receivers. But after him, Javarius Johnson, 5'10". Jay Fair, 5'10". Tavares Dawson Jr., 5'10". Coy Moore, 6'1". Is there a possibility that some of this is is not necessarily talent. It's just the the literal size of the guys and the fit for what they want to do because they want that taller guy with the longer wingspan. Uh, I mean, I think you I think you're all over it, and and you can look no further than uh, the visits uh, this past week. You have Perry mm-hmm. Thompson, six three two hundred from Foley uh, on Thursday. Cam Coleman, Mini Megatron from Phoenix City, 6'3", 200, mm-hmm. is exactly who we're, we're talking about. He wants big physical guys on the outside. And we we may have a bunch of guys that have talent but that can't do the things that he wants to be done uh, on the outside to be successful. They talked about uh, – they talked about uh, – I think one of the things Hugh Freeze said about Cam Brown, he made a great touchdown catch. It was a back shoulder 50-50 ball. Like, do we have guys – do we have mo- any other wide receiver that can do that? Because You that can't seems throw like that that's to Javaris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, that seems in. like that's an important part of the offense uh, for him to single that out. Um, I don't know that we have that. I don't know that we have that uh, currently. And you can – and and you, I think you nailed it. Just look at look at the wide receivers he's trying to bring in at, that are clearly outside guys, outside wide receivers. They're all 
big, impressive, physical wide receivers. Yeah. Speaking of big and physical and impressive, mm. this defense has flashed Fair. a lot in practice. And we're gonna and we're gonna get to that next right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lindsey Crosby, Charlie Five, here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Auburn. Voting for Zach Blackerby, who is back tomorrow from paternity leave. We've missed you, buddy. Uh, but the defense... We've seen we, we we've all we all expected the defense to be good, right? We all thought the defense would be ahead of the offense, but what we're seeing is a lot of praise for a lot of individual players, a lot of newcomers to the team. And I think the guy that I've seen the most positive talk about that's an addition to the team is the is the nose tackle Justin mm. Rogers. Something where it sounds like he's been inserted into the starting lineup. And so there's not an official depth chart, but you take reps as groups and he's running with the ones at Mm. nose tackle, kicking Jason Jones in the defensive tackle with a slimmed down Marcus Harris at defensive end. Is that the best alignment for that beef that we have in the middle? Girth, baby. (laughs) Try to run on that. Try to run on that. Get a y'all. There's no push there. Look, pass rushing, pass rushing disruptiveness Mm-hmm. sacrifice a little bit and you may have to manufacture like simulate pressure like we talked about with uh yeah just like you cut out for a second there just just some of the sizes of these guys marcus harris 6'3 294 okay he's your defensive end you have justin rogers at the nose 6'3 340 you have jason jones 6'6 339 you've got three massive human beings in the middle. And then right behind them, you have a guy like a Jeffrey Emba, who is incredibly fast, right? I mean, he he's, he's for his size. He's very fast. He's very agile. He's very nimble, 6'6", 307. But it's something where he just doesn't necessarily have a ton of experience at the college level. And we're making it work without the experience, uh, but massive beef on the first line, massive beef on the second line. Jeffrey Emba, incredibly talented. You can now float him around. Welcome back, Charlie Five. And the note that I saw is they're talking about Keldrick Falk. And Hugh Freeze says, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. I think he's going to have to play early. Yes. Uh, Something where he's 6'6". He's done a lot of stuff, and it's something where we just don't have enough pass rushing talent. Can you get by with just Elijah McAllister and Keldrick Falk as your as your not they're not Bucks now they're Jacks as your Jacks? Or did you does this feel like something where you're going to go out and get a third guy in the portal? Uh, it's hard to say because um, I love I love Hughes' quote on Keldrick Falk. That's what they're supposed to look like. That that gets <laughs> that gets me Jack. But uh, I think we. This whole this defense, from what I understand and what I've seen, the big thing is 
it's not just your true. I don't think it's just going to be your traditional uh, stand up, come off the edge. Uh, as how you get your pass rush. The simulation of pressure, mm-hmm. the the coming from all different angles. Uh, Georgia, who run, who runs a lot of simulated pressure, they blitz a ton of linebackers. Like they had li- like regular linebackers, I think, led in sacks. So there, it, I, we may not have to, we may not necessarily have to go get a elite pass rusher, which that may be hard to find in, in the late spring period. But mm-hmm. you may see multiple different packages and when you have beef like we have that there's a six-man rotation of beef just pure girth in the middle that will stalemate any like can stalemate with anybody in open lanes for linebackers all over the place safeties to come after uh the quarterback and and harass them so uh to me that that wrote that's that six, that two deep uh, across the front, the defensive front is so big at being able to free people Literally. up. Yeah, so big to be able to free our our a second line of defense up to make plays. That's what we've been missing. We, they may not, you may not have a ton of uh, sacks from your defensive line, but you're right. gonna have you're gonna have a lot of garbage stats that aren't gonna show up on, on you know in the box score. But those dudes are going to be. I'm. I'm so excited if they can just stay healthy and not have injuries. That front three of of Rogers, uh, Jones, and Harris. Holy cow! Like that is a that is a sexy front defensive line. I, I'm I'm fired up about that. And and to your point of you don't have to have an elite pass rusher because you're creating pressure. You're doing things like that. It was a great note on Auburn Live's notes from the uh, the practice today. I used note too many times in there. Uh, they were Keontae Scott, who is probably your starting nickel, was working with the Jack linebackers in one of the drills. And it's something where Ron Roberts is teaching the pass rushing fundamentals so that you can walk your nickel down into the box as a blitzer. And so to me, this is one of those, this is a perfect example of you don't have to have an elite uh, pass rusher on this team. You can just have a couple guys like Keldrick Falk, like Elijah McAllister, who are really good and really talented. And then you have a great scheme and you have the ability to create pressure out of almost nowhere. I did also like the note, uh, and again, credit to Auburn Live, credit to Cole Pinkston for this. He talked about the Jack linebackers were working on, if you watch Georgia, they do this a lot too. Uh, They call it collisioning in coverage. They're not trying to, it's not a straight press of a wide receiver, but they're trying to disrupt the routes in the slot close to the line of scrimmage, give them the ability to disrupt the quick options for the quarterback to get rid of the ball while still maintaining integrity with watching the play, watching the ball, being able to, to, to rush to somebody leaves the pocket, things like that. And so I think it just kind of shows how this defense is going to work, right? A Jack linebacker may not be coming. He may drop and interfere with the route while your nickel comes off the other side and gets the sack. And it just, I can't help but be fired up about the potential of what this defense, this Ron Roberts defense could do. Oh, I know. I saw somebody talking about Keontae Scott. I saw somebody said they were, they heard, overheard um, McGriff say something to the tune of like, y'all got to, basically we got to slow down. You got to slow down Keontae Scott or like he's too disruptive or something like, and he's like, man, you you just can't, you can't, you can't put a leash on that kid. Like you put him anywhere on the field and he's going to go make plays. Like basically saying we got to call the dogs off a little bit because it's got, when you, when we do what we're doing, this guy's just too disruptive. Like 
I, I like the – I love every, the more and more I hear about the style of this defense. It, it gets me mm-hmm. – it gets me fired up. Like, I start bugging. I'm not going to lie. I start bugging when I think about in, uh, the defense and I hear quotes. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm starting to. I'm starting to do it. Dadgummit, I'm, I'm starting to bug. <laughs> Bugging's never a bad thing. I'm not going to call it injury-proof, but I think the biggest thing I like about the way this defense is set up is – because you're not relying on a specific player to do stuff and the way that Auburn's recruited, the way that Auburn brought in multiple backups, like you look at, you brought in Rodgers, you also brought in Masai Neely Kite, you know, multiple options that if you lose a specific player, for the most part, there is someone else who can plug into that same role and give you close to the same level of production and the defense can adjust to make up for it. So it feels like you're not in the situation like last year where you lose Echo Leota early, and then your pass rush is down to Marcus Bragg and Derek Hall, and if somebody gets nicked up, somebody gets worn out late in the game, you suffer defensively. Was that part of some of those comebacks that we gave up last year? Uh, I I want to blame the former coaching staff, but that may be part of it too. So Hey, I, how about – how about this? We don't even necessarily have to have an injury for him to play. We could just rotate people now. Like we, and, you that's know, allowed. We, that's a lot. That's actually allowed. You can actually take a child out and let another child play while the our previous child gets a, a breather. Like you can actually do that. And we have the guys on the defensive line to be able to do that. What an amazing concept. If uh, Charlie five, if folks want more amazing uh, concepts like that, how can they follow you? Uh, support you, love on you, get more things like that from you. Absolutely. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. You can find me in the Locked On Auburn Discord every single day or auburnlive.com, the corner message board, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Dad Bod Golf Pod. I'm Lindsey Crosby. You can follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. You can follow my podcast, Locked On NBA Prospects, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube and all of the Auburn writing, auburndaily.com. Also, if you're a Braves fan, Zach and I just launched bravestoday.com as well. Until next time, this has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.